0: Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time? Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question... Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I'm... Yeah.
1: That was my intro, because I'm a silent protagonist.
0: Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, like probably the rest of the internet, we are talking about The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I'm so excited to talk about this one. Very, very anticipated game. Uh, Lots to talk about. Um, Our first Zelda game of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, so, Nick, you and I both during our very first like get to know us episode way back three years ago at this point. um, I think we both had Breath of the Wild in our top like three, right? You had it in your top three. I
1: mentioned it, but I don't it's not in my top three. Um, was
0: it your top? Was it your honorable mention, or was it like top five or something like that? It was in there. I
1: me. think it was just like when you said it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great game. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Because well, I don't, yeah, so. I don't even think Breath of the Wilds in my top ten, to be
0: honest. Really? Okay. Yeah. You know what? I do I, love it though. I, I think I can I I can see why and and I understand it. But uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to talk about this one today. Um, for the listeners at home, we recently got together physically uh to do a a, a little special something for our other show uh, dungeons and Drimbus. um for the first time god i hadn't seen you in forever um <laughs> and the game had just come out and nick was on the switch every spare second there was yes so I <laughs> um yeah we're going to be fairly spoiler free today we might be talking about i think it's fair to say we'll talk about some of the abilities that you'll get in the game but i mm-hmm. don't think we'll have any spoiler uh, for the story beyond maybe the initial setup of like sure. you know the the main premise in the first cutscene that you see, uh, if that changes for any reason, we'll we'll sound the alarms. But I want to start with uh, how far into the game are you? Because I don't think either of us have finished the game yet. No, I have not finished the game.
1: I have done three out of the four temples, which are like you know the big boy dungeons of yeah, the game. Yeah. Um, but. Up until that point, I had been running around trying to do a whole bunch of shrines, find a whole bunch of uh, tears or memories, whatever they're called. Um, yeah. Just try to do everything in the game as much as I could. And then I'm going to slow down here before I do the, the fourth temple to try to uh, find as much as I can cool. still. Because I, I remember in Breath of the Wild, as soon as I like went to go fight uh, the final boss... I kind of was done with the game after that. Like I didn't continue and do like more shrines or anything. So I don't want that to happen this time. I'm I'm gonna yeah. try to do other things and then go and complete the game.
0: Oh, did you? Uh, did you ever play the DLC for Breath of the Wild?
1: No, th- I did
0: not. No, it's it's fairly good. Uh, I I enjoyed it a fair bit. Granted, I kind of played it like pretty much back to back, but. Uh I I really liked it and it gave me that excuse to like finish a lot of the stuff I hadn't finished. I still okay. never did everything, but I did quite a lot of it. Yeah. Um I last I checked a day or two ago, the switch was telling me I have 85 hours or more in the game and uh I would say that I'm roughly like if I had to guess on like a on a 0 to 100% completion scale I'm probably like twenty percent in, wow. With the intention of getting to like eighty, maybe eighty-five by the time I'm done with it. Um, Where I does don't... it say the hours? Where does it tell you that? When you go to your profile, you can see your. Getting... The problem is, it doesn't give you like an exact readout. Like it'll say played forty hours or more, played over one hundred hours. Like it's very kind of like vague at times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's at least what the Switch was telling me, and um. I don't think I'm one of those people who will get like all 1000 koroks like that. God, no. That's not me. <laughs> Sorry, but I I could see myself doing every shrine if I can find them relatively easily as I'm like exploring yeah. and all of that. Um, I have done one of the temples so far, but I know I've done quite a couple of stuff that Nick hasn't in like the overworld. Mm. I got very taken with like the under level and I've explored most, not most. Yeah. Most of it at this point, like at least half of it. Um, I've unlocked all the abilities and I've done something like, I think 60 shrines now. And I believe there's close to 200 in the game. So. I think 20% is probably a fair. I don't fair. know how many shrines I've done, but I have like 14 hearts and
1: two and a half stamina wheels.
0: <laughs> okay, you've definitely done more than me. Uh, <laughs> I have, I believe, 10 hearts and two stamina wheels, and okay. I have a couple of unspent uh, points sitting in there right now. Nice. So, cool. yeah, but there's there's a lot to explore in the game. So, I guess, um, before we dive into like this actual game, I'm curious, like, how you felt about Breath of the Wild and maybe like vague comparisons to this one. Because I will say, I think one of the reasons that Breath of the Wild is so high up for me is like, for example, Skyrim was one of my favorite games. It it was not number one, but it, I think it was number two when we did like our initial rankings. Um, because that was like one of the first like real big boy games I ever played. I didn't have a lot of video games growing up. And so Skyrim was like the one that got me into like, oh, games are cool. I have a, I'm going to build a PC later and that's cool. That's fun. And then like, there were the occasional games that I played, but me being like primarily driven by narrative. A lot of times it was like really fun, like 20 hour games that once I was done with them, I put them down and then maybe I didn't play games for like a year after that. Right. Until I found like something else I was interested in Breath of the Wild, like the more I think about it in hindsight really, like, reopened the gates uh, to, like, games for me. And it, because it's so open in the way that you interact with it, I feel, like, sparked that, like, second level of, like, gameplay brain that you kind of need to, like, get better at stuff. So I feel like Breath of the Wild was maybe not transformative, but a very, like a uh, like, a milestone experience for me in gaming. And it's very interesting to see how now, for me at least... Tears of the kingdom is such a cool evolution of that now, which I know you and I have talked about already a bit, but I'm sure we'll talk about it plenty more um but this this feels like the game that breath of the wild wanted to be, but breath of the wild needed to happen for this to be able to exist um, yeah. what were your, how like how were your expectations what what were you feeling like coming into it? I had a weird thing with. Breath of the Wild, where when I first picked it up and
1: played it, I didn't like it. And I still don't really enjoy the Great Plateau. But as soon as I get off of that thing and like mm-hmm. the world expands, then I saw the value in the game and I ended up really, really loving it. Um, it kind of I, I guess like you opened my my eyes to, you know, open world games don't have to be just the same kind of cookie cutter formula with yeah you know, check off this list of things to do in this big open world. It, it was a different way of tackling it, a more interesting way of doing yeah. it. Um, and an addicting way, too, of like, oh, what's that thing? What's that thing? What's that thing? And then you just go and run and check it out. Um, yeah. So I, I I learned to fall in love with Breath of the Wild, even though I didn't initially. Um, I was more of a Mario Odyssey fan at the time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I really love that game. Um, but this game, I don't know what happened. Tears of the Kingdom, like as soon as I started playing it, I it just kind of blew Breath of the Wild out of the water for me, and yeah. that's still a game that I think I I love and is you know just as revolutionary in a way in terms yeah. of uh, video games, but the, it, this one just took that to the not even the next level, like the level beyond that, and it, it's. They, they just use certain tools and powers in more interesting ways, and you're using your brain more, but not always in the, like, a. Uh, you have to be brilliant to solve certain yeah, puzzles. Yeah, yeah. It's just clever, I think, is the word it's for Lego. it.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, it kind and, of, it literally is in some ways in this game, but
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I told my sister, I'm like, I hate Minecraft so much. And yet, yeah. like, this is kind of unlocking the the Minecraft part of my brain. That's like, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. what can I do with this set of things? What what can I build here? You know? And yeah. um, I never thought I'd be that person that, like, takes time to just, like, craft things and this game has made me think of different ways to do that and i
0: love and hate it for that i guess i don't know see um i i absolutely understand what what you're saying and it was like this one this game raised the bar for other games in a way that is unfortunate because they're not gonna clear it it's unfortunate for future zelda games i feel like like how do you how do you beat this (laughs) well you you know? know like there were like the zelda purists which like uh, I was into Zelda. Zelda was one of the first and like really honestly only games I had on like my DS. I had Phantom Hourglass and okay. I loved it. And so I, I, I really love that. But I never really got to play a lot of the mainline Zeldas or really much beyond that until Breath of the Wild. And then after I finished it, I remember I was working at a theater over the summer And we weren't doing podcasts back then. This was many, not many years ago, but quite a few years ago. Um, and so like, all I had to do was show up and be an actor. And then I was like done for the day. So like, I just had my switch on me at all times and I was playing it every free second. And then I loved it so much. I went out and I bought the two DS, like the Hylian shield two DS to play some of, uh, some of the other games I hadn't gotten to play yet. And, uh, a lot of like Zelda purists kind of hated Breath of the Wild because they were like oh the dungeon isn't there and like the items aren't the same and the blah 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 um, and I think that this it's like yeah unless you take like a radically different approach like I don't know if you played um, they remade uh, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening I Switch. played yeah yes I love that game I thought Great it was super game. cute but it's like it's very narrow in scope and mm. it has a very specific design it's going for and unless yeah. you do something like that it's like Oh, man. 2D and 3D Zelda are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like if the next 3D Zelda is not a masterpiece, oh, man. Yeah. Which, granted, I'm sure it will be because, fun fact about this game, um, technically, I, I believe, this game has now been in development longer than Breath of the Wild ever was. Really? I mean, I believe it. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, I think they did this once before with like, uh, Ocarina of time and then Majora's mask, which to be fair, I haven't played either of them, but kind of like having the, the opening game that like is fun and well built, but establishes essentially like a new engine. And then having the next game that is like, cool, what kind of funky shit can we do in there now? Um, and And they did it. (laughs) Yeah, they, they did it. And, um, I, I feel like it, it worked great. I totally get what you mean about Minecraft. Um, Granted, I was a Minecraft kid. Back when it was in Alpha. Okay. My my friend in sixth grade told me about it, and I used my debit card to pay for our accounts. And we <laughs> we ran a little bucket server with factions and we went to war against other presumably children online. It was great. Um But I will say, ever since like those days when like we really got into Minecraft and like the height of like modded servers and all of that, I've tried going back to it, especially like when I try to. I have younger brothers, and like I try to like play games with them to like you know spend time and like talk to them like in a way that is feasible when you live a thousand miles away. Um, I I cannot fucking get into it anymore. I it it's just not for the me. Children I'm have like taken over. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's there's no goal in the game. I abhor uh, crafting systems in games. Generally, the moment I see a crafting system, like I am rolling my eyes so hard. I'm like yeah. But this game, I mean, there's a little bit of that, I guess, in the cooking. But, like, really, the crafting here, it's not about that. It's about, like, creativity and applying things. It's not about, memorize this recipe and go find this leaf and, like, whatever. You do have to do that sometimes for, like, an elixir or whatever. But oftentimes, you can also just buy it if you don't want to mess with it, which is what I did a lot of the times in Breath of the Wild. But this game, I guess now might be a good time to talk about some of the, like, the the uh, abilities that it unlocks. Mm-hmm. Particularly, this game does away with a lot of uh, or, yeah, all of Breath of the Wild's uh, abilities and replaces them with new ones. So you have one where you can combine elements uh, either like to themselves so you can pick up like a wooden plank and put a wheel on it. You have one that allows you to combine stuff onto your weapons. So instead of picking up fire arrows and lightning arrows and whatever arrows, you are now combining some of like the flowers that you're finding in the overworld to like create an exploding arrow or what have you. Um, there is an ability that lets you ascend through items. So if you have like a, a ceiling over you, you can just swim through it up to the top. Or if and you're then, in like a
1: cave, you can like zip out of there pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then instead of like stasis, now there is a reverse ability that lets you send an item like backwards through time. And man, I don't know how you feel, but like the polish on them is so mind blowing because this is a huge game. And like you were talking about with the open worlds, like so many of them feel empty. Like I do like open world games, but only when it's like in a very heavy role playing game where it's like, cool, I get to go make decisions that are going to affect like the world and shape things like something like mass effect, even though it's not necessarily like open world, but it's a big world. You know what I mean? Um, But with Breath of the Wild, it's like, wow, there's a reason to explore. Because, yeah, I see the bokoblins for like a thousandth time. And don't get me wrong, it's no Ghost of Tsushima. Like, I'm not running headfirst into every battle I see. It's not that satisfying. But I will occasionally be like, you know what? I'm going to go kill that thing because I bet you it's going to drop something I could use. Which is not necessarily something that you had in Breath of the Wild. In Breath of the Wild, it was more like, I see a chest. It's worth engaging those mobs now. In this game, it's like, even just killing that lone bat is going to give me something that is useful. And so, and just the polish of them, things that should not be able to work. Like, I don't know how, what kind of black magic they put into the programming in this game, but things just work the way you expect them to. And I have not run into really, like, we'll talk about performance in a bit, but as far as, like, glitches with, like, Oh, this thing wasn't working properly or like my machine went flying off because it broke the physics or anything like that. I have not run into anything like that. Everything works the way I would expect it to. How's it been for you? Yeah, I have zero bugs on my end. I mean, it's crazy.
1: The The game doesn't have a large file. It's on this switch, which isn't technically a powerful system. I, I even have not like at the, all the basic switch. Me too, I don't have- me too. not have I don't have the the OLED one and for the game to do as many things as it can do. And it's a huge open world and it has all these things. It's like astonishing that they were able to, to get everything to work the way that they intended it to work. Um, yeah. In terms of the abilities you were talking about, um, the, the other one, too, that we have is kind of like a an upgrade of the magnet ability for the first game where you just have your hand and you can move pretty much anything in any direction and you could like connect them together. Um, One of the, the early puzzles and where I'm going with this is breath of the wild allowed you to have multiple solutions to different puzzles, which I loved at the time. But this one, again took that to the next level um yeah. the first area that you're in the first sky island it, i think they want you to take like a minecart from one island to another and then there's a dip in the minecart, so it fell off for me the first time and i'm like oh i don't know how to do that and instead of like figuring that out i'm like screw it and i just started chopping down a bunch of trees yeah yeah sticking them together and i stacked it to the island I was supposed to get to and I just climb my way over there and I'm like oh my god I could just do that
0: I think you know? I did the same thing
1: <laughs> and, and one guy I saw like took a glider sent it down um, he was in a shrine and instead of like doing the puzzle the normal way he used ascend at the end when he got underneath like one of the platforms he was supposed to yeah. go to and just ascended upwards on the glider and he got to the end and I'm like oh my god That's there's a awesome. hundred things you could do like it doesn't even have to be the way that they intend for, but maybe that was the intention that yeah. you could figure out clever ways to get through this. And it, it's just mind blowing. It, it makes those other um, gadgets that you had in the first game, like the bombs and the freezing yeah. the water. It's like, that's cute and all, but what, what good does that do me now? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it opens up traversal and um, even all the little like machines that you get from the sky islands are, are, like wonderful to use and mess around with. It's great. And
0: you're always finding more that's in this game. There are devices that you can use, um, especially in like building to build contraptions. And as you explore, you will continually discover new devices. So it's, it's not like, Oh, cool. I now know like everything I'm going to know for the game. It's like, no, here's this new device that like actually opens up a lot of possibilities. And you're like 80 hours into the game, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It is like, there are occasionally shrines where I'm like, cool, I see the obvious solution here, but there's a lot of shrines where I'm like, I don't know if this was what the developers intended and that's totally fine. I don't know if they intended a single way. I just did one earlier today where, um, I, I feel like I kind of brute forced one thing, but like it made perfect sense. And then looking at like how, what I discovered something in the shrine that like would have been useful. But if I hadn't brute forced it already, I did. I don't know how I would have reached the item. And I was like, huh, I'm so curious what they actually wanted me to do here. But it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> um, it's, it's a ton of fun. And yeah, like I find myself for like, for the first time in in a while in a lot of games like i find myself just exploring for the sake of exploring you yeah. know especially when you're just in like wide open areas that's where this um, game
1: and and breath of the wild at the time too really shined yeah. is the discovery aspect of this open world they're they're really They don't handhold you. They say, okay, here's the open world. Go have fun. Go find things. They give you the basic, like, this is the main mission, and you could explore, like, where that is. But otherwise, you're kind of on your own. And, you know, I kind of like that method of doing an open world way more than your, like, basic Assassin's Creed, where it's like, go here, go here, go here. Do these things. They're all going to be populated on the map. You're going to be overwhelmed. There's no sense of discovery in those games yeah. or um, story discovery, even with side missions. It's kind of similar to like a, a Dark Souls and that like your side quests connect with the main quest and you're learning pieces of information through like the characters you meet and you have to like put things together and figure out, OK, what does that mean? Um locations in the world have a story to them as well. Yeah. Um and that's just so much more fun than the game
0: being like, uh here you go, regurgitate all the information yeah. at you, you know. I love how often this game gives you um stuff I love from like older games like uh when I've played, you know, we played Morrowind, I've played like the Witcher 1 and 2 one especially, two, two a little less. Um, but like in the older games, before like mini maps were like the thing to do all the time, where it's like, "Hey, walk until you see this thing, and then you should see these three giant things over here. That's the place I want you to go. Where I heard about this mysterious item, and you can like actually do that in the game. You know, you, you don't, you're not always staring at your map. It like kind of discourages you from doing that. Um, the map is still useful, but um, it it encourages that natural exploration, which is is really really fun. And um, I, I wanted to ask you as well. Now that we brought up like exploration and like seeing things and going there, which for sure was always like a strength of Breath of the Wild, but I feel like is even more of a strength for Tears of the Kingdom. In that, I feel like it made everything a lot more legible. And easier to find like I remember the thing that turned me off to Breath of the Wild when I first first picked it up is that I kind of got lost too quickly, especially as someone who like wasn't as well versed in like, I guess, game brain yet at the moment (laughs) where like I went to the first village and the way that I play, you know, like narrative games where I'm like, cool, I'm doing this mission. I'm going to complete every side quest and loot every corner before I move on, because I don't know if I'm going to get to come back. And I kind of tried to play it that way. And like the game doesn't really work like that. You can't, you can't do that, bro. Um, and so I got lost. And like the thing that seemed really important in the first game was recovering the memories. And I had no idea how to do that until finally I ended up like in some super overpowered level. And I was like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. And then finally, like when I, when I made it to the first, like, uh, uh, I think I made it to like Gerudo Town first or the Rito, I don't remember. And then things kind of clicked in place. And I turned it turned out I was at a uh, a divine beast that was a little too hard for me. So I went off and I did some other stuff before I came back. But all of that kind of made sense. But yeah, like the the memories, I ended up finding them all, but they were like really hard to find. I think I relied on a walkthrough in, in Breath of the Wild. In Tears of the Kingdom, I feel like they make it a lot clearer, like a multiple NPCs go, Hey, you should probably go here to do this thing. You should go here. You should go here all for different reasons, but all kind of pointing you in like similar directions. The dragon tears, which are this version's game of the, of like the memories um, are very easily visible and accessible. Like you might not be able to make it there yet, but you're like, cool. I know that's over there. And I know when the time's right, I'm not going to just like walk past it without knowing so I appreciate that the game kind of gives you, like, these larger zone markers to guide you into a lot of the content that is then sprinkled around it. Did you find that there was an improvement in this game, or was it, it, yeah. was it just like a me thing?
1: I know tutorial is kind of like a dirty word, because that could be a slog in some games, but... Yeah. Um, I think this this game does still stick to the route of Breath of the Wild of show, don't tell. Yes. Um, they present you with things to do, and then you kind of learn the process um, by trial and error. Um, but this game, Tears of the Kingdom, absolutely does a much better job of guiding you um, to the things you have to try out and figure out um, and, and discovery moments, whereas in Breath of the Wild, I thought it was a lot more obtuse. Which is mostly why I hated the Great Plateau because yeah. <laughs> you know I wasn't quite catching on right away to certain systems and had and the whole stamina thing bugged me and I just wanted to like get going with the game and like yeah it, it was slow to me In this game things kick off a lot quicker um, they throw a lot more things at you at the beginning that you could try out and um, the the pathway of like talking to people like, Oh, go to this person and figure this out. And they'll tell you about this power. And, um, they'll tell you about the tears like that, that, that is all working more smoothly, uh, in this game for me. And I feel like it's an easier time for, for people to find their way here than it was in breath of the wild.
0: Sure. Um, next I want to talk like variety with you in terms of like map in terms of enemies So, like, one of the uh, possible concerns, especially for a game like this, that got announced, I can't believe, 2018, which to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, like a year or two ago. And it's like, no, that was, what, five years ago now? And it was in development probably a good while before that is, like, wild. And so people have been waiting this long for this game, and then you see it's, like, on the same map. And in the same world, and a lot of the same enemies. And so the question is, like, oh, like, are they going to introduce new enough stuff? Not just in terms of your abilities, but in terms of, like, what there is to do to, like, keep you invested. And at least from, like, my end, right, because you have, like, on the map, they've now added depth in terms of the sky and also subterranean. So you you functionally have, like, triple the map size. The world is also transformed in certain ways, so it's fun to see that. Um, And then you have, like, the mobs. You do have a lot of your classic stuff, but you also have, like, some really cool new introductions um, that are just, like, slight evolutions on the monsters, but that kind of change the way they work. Everything feels deeper this game, and I feel generally pretty satisfied with that. I'm curious, like how uh how it came across for you, Yeah, tripling the map size is definitely yeah. a good idea. <laughs> um,
1: because I was worried early on. the first couple trailers, I'm like, oh no, it kind of looks the same. I-, I was like not excited for it, but then it was like the last or the second to last gameplay thing they showed. I'm like, oh, okay. There's different stuff here. I'm getting excited for it. And then when I finally got to play the game, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, adding the Sky Islands, adding the the subterranean um, level, adding even just caves to explore. Yeah, little secrets. Um, yeah. You can find things in there. That's awesome. There's so many new things. And even though you're, familiar with the layout of hyrule there a lot has changed since the first game and places you've been to before you're excited to go back to to see okay what's different about this place and there's plenty different um and and there's little yeah discoveries in the world um people that are traveling that you run into that give you side quests that um lead you to new discoveries and the the enemies that you fight in the world too mostly the same they added variety to some of the groups like there's different uh bokoblins and um you know different everything different Uh,
0: bosses as well they they, they introduced a
1: couple of new new stuff for sure um and that 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 keeps the fun going and and you know interacting with even old stuff like with the new powers and abilities that you have is fun too you know Different ways to tackle certain things that you did in the last game that are completely different now. Um yeah, it's it's great. I think there's definitely enough variety of this in this game, um, in different things like to
0: to make old players excited for this one for sure. Yeah. Um, you've also done quite a few more of the like big boy temples than I have. I, I've only done the one. I'm on my way to the second one right now. I'm like I'm just now arriving at like the main village area for that second one. Um, so, how did? Well, I'm curious how you felt about the divine beasts in Breath of the Wild. And now coming from that, how you feel about the way they're doing temples in this game? Um, so I did not like the Divine Beasts at all. That was one of my <laughs>
1: biggest gripes of that game. Um, I hated the Great Plateau. That turned me off to the game for a while. Then once I got off of it, I was cool. I was cool. And then I hit a Divine Beast, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't like it again. <laughs> uh, but then as soon as I got some of those champion powers in that game, I'm like, OK, I'm I'm back into it because those were cool and fun. Yeah. Um, The temples, I think, are a big, big improvement uh, from the last game. I don't want to say too much because I don't think have you done you did one, right? Yes,
0: I have done the wind one.
1: Okay. well, they test your what, you know, up until that point in very unique and clever ways. Um, and I definitely enjoy that aspect of it, you know, like any Zelda game, some are going to be better than others, but so far, all of them are better than any of the divine beasts in the <laughs> previous game. Um, also one thing I forgot to mention about improvement, uh, one thing I hated in the first game was when it rains, you're screwed. Uh, they alleviate that by, um, you have to find an item for it, but it, it kind of, prevents slipping in some ways. Yeah. Um so that that made me smile because that was my biggest complaint from yeah. the first game. <laughs> not the swords breaking. Believe it or not, I actually don't have an issue with that, but a lot of people I know do. That makes a return, unfortunately, in this game, yeah. but I'm okay with that.
0: I hated it in the first game. Like I understood that they wanted you to experiment more, but like I really hated when I found a good sword and then I was like, cool, I guess I'm never going to use it unless I see a big boy enemy. Uh, in this game, I feel like it's so much more welcome because of your ability to combine stuff with your weapons that I'm like, oh, I'm so open to experimenting now. now it like it feels slightly more motivated rather than like, here's a different kind of sword. It's like, oh, this like has a different like, function all together. This yeah. is my rock sword. This is my like you're too powerful and I need to keep you far away from me sword. Mm-hmm. This is my I need to kill you fast sword like, you know, and and you can you can do a lot of really interesting stuff with it. Um yeah, and and I I also kind of love the narrative reason for it too, which we'll get into in a second, but yes. um I don't want to talk too much on the temples uh just because I've only done the first one so far, but at least from what I saw there, I will say the one thing is that they all—they seem a lot, or it at least seems a lot simpler and a lot easier than the Divine Beast was in, uh, in Breath of the Wild. It could also be a consequence of I feel like I've been doing a lot of like overworld exploration, so maybe I'm coming in a little like overcooked. Um, but, but I like it. They're just it more fun. fun.
1: Like whether yeah. it's easier or not, it's just more enjoyable to to get around
0: the temples than
1: the divine beasts were
0: definitely less obtuse which i feel like is is a running theme throughout uh but it doesn't feel like dumbed down or unenjoyable in any way um nick so correct me if i'm wrong but you primarily play with the switch and the dock right uh i go back and forth um when
1: i'm at home i use the dock but um you know, like right before bed, I
0: might bring it with me and play it undocked. I, I I'd say it's like 50, 50. Okay. Yeah. I never use the dock unless I'm playing with other people and it's like Mario Kart. <laughs> um, so like all of my experiences are handheld, which I feel like are generally better for the system because you notice the imperfections less because it's running at 720p. It's usually running at a slightly lower capped right. frame rate. Um so my question for you now is I just want to talk a little bit about performance. How's it been for you? Um, this only happened in my first couple days
1: playing the game, I want to say. But every once in a while, the frames would drop big time. Mm-hmm. But it was never, ever like it never impeded anything for me. Like it just happened and then it was over. Yeah. And honestly, I think I said this to you the other day, but. I'd rather a game come out and be completely, perfectly playable. I notice some frame drops. I notice maybe it's not as pretty as some other games, but it's fun as hell and great to play. Than yeah. these AAA games coming out and trying to make a a movie essentially. Yeah, um, that's their goal, and then the game is just not fun and like not worked on. Yeah, um, the, the the way the Breath of the War, or uh, Tears of the Kingdom did it that's the way to go. Like, yeah, there, there are issues with graphics and, um, you know, maybe some performance quality there, but the game is still fantastic. And there's, there's an art style to these, these Zelda games that, um, I find more enjoyable to look at than your basic, um, naughty dog game or, or whatever, um, studio tries to go for the, the, the cinematic, um, aspects for their game. So, um, when I play it on the TV, I, I do notice some of the issues more, but I also could see clearer on there. Like I could see, um, shrines in the distance better than uh, when I'm playing on <laughs> the handheld. So that's why I like doing that.
0: But, um,
1: yeah, that's my two cents about that.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I totally get with, get you. And I think there is a, uh, there's a reason that people become obsessed with this and like, and the art style, like, the game just has very, very strong creative direction, I would say, in a very different way, but similar to something like God of War, where it's like there is a vision. There are things they want to accomplish, and they are doing whatever they can to like make that work. Obviously, this is a totally different beast and in a totally different way. But like this is the power of like having a unified vision and like knowing what you want to make going into it. I love the self shaded art style. I know it was like dunked on back when, uh, uh, Wind Waker came out, but like this is the 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 big boy evolution of that. I think it looks fabulous. Um, it's it's a beautiful game to look at. Uh, that said, on performance, as someone who's only played it on handheld, um, yeah, it's it's been pretty rock solid. Like, especially the fact that I'm not running into glitches or like bugs. At most, what I'm seeing is I will see popping right? Especially because you can see across like vast stretches of land at basically any given point depending on where you are. And so, sometimes like I'll know something somewhere and then I zoom in to look at it and it's like, huh, it's not there. And then I paraglide a little closer and there it is, right? That happens, but it's never been detrimental to the game. Um, The... I have had a few frame drops here and there, but they're, they've been so minor that like, it is not, not a big deal at all. Much, much like you, I am of the opinion, and this is not like an original thought, right? But it's like, graphics are good enough. Like, if you have a strong art style, which this game has, like, you can do a lot with less, like, it is insane, when you think about, right, like we have these games coming out on like the PS5 and the Xbox, whatever it is right now. And, and the PC, um, you have these things coming out like totally unoptimized messes. And they're just banking on the fact that it's like, well, enough people are going to pre-order it. And then we can pay our employees to crunch and try and fix the performance in the first month or so. Right. Like. And then you have games like this, which I believe during I believe it was delayed once. And they said that it was done already, but that they delayed it just to make sure that everything was running as smoothly yeah. as it could. And that it's so worth it. It's yes. so worth it because this is running on the equivalent of an Xbox 360. It's running on a PS3. That's what this chip is. The, the Nvidia, uh, uh, K one, I believe is the name of the chip inside of the inside of the switch was developed For something called the NVIDIA Shield, which was a little handheld Android gaming device that came out, like, I think three or four years before the Switch. This is such outdated hardware. And don't get me wrong, like, Nintendo should probably strive to, like, have better performing hardware. Like, it would be nice to see, like, a Switch Pro with something maybe not as powerful as a Steam Deck, but approaching it. But you look at, like, the Switch, you look at the Steam Deck... And what they do when they put care into optimizing stuff. I'm not going to get into the Steam Deck because it's a whole can of worms, but I have one and I love it. And I love seeing what they do, even though they're not the ones developing the games, right? Like they're just running regular PC games. Anyways, my point is that like optimization can be done and it is so worth it. And people will love your games so much more for it. And I wish that we saw that more often. It's very (laughs) disappointing that we
1: don't. It's kind of like Lightyear versus Into the Spider-Verse. Like they're like, yeah, people will come see a Buzz Lightyear movie. It's Buzz Lightyear. We're just going to make it look pretty. But there's like no soul to that movie for me. And yeah. yet into the Spider-Verse, I look at that. I'm like, that's art. Like people put time into making that look yeah. the way that it does. And there's so much charm. And that. that's just the comparison to me. Yeah, like yeah. this triple A thing that's meant to look and feel a certain way, but doesn't accomplish um, what You know the the people that that like you said have a clear vision um it it doesn't come close to to topping something like that you know and people putting time and care into something even if there are like a couple bugs here and there you know this game is more fun to play than a lot of other big name games that have come Mm -hmm. out in a while you know yeah um yeah
0: yeah and this this game reminded me why the switch was my favorite thing to play on period for a very long time I don't like playing on controllers. Um, They it's just not as comfortable as a keyboard and mouse for me, much less the switch controllers with the offset joysticks. (laughs) God, your thumbs start to hurt. They start drifting. It's a pain in the ass. And like, this is not to excuse any of that. Nintendo fix your goddamn joysticks, uh, please. (laughs) But. When the game is fun, when the game is designed with vision, like it just it makes such a difference. And so many of the games on the Switch do that. Uh, But yeah, like overall performance has has been rock solid. I, I love the art style. I love the way it looks. Also, the way it sounds like they they really I will say it's not like probably the level of sound design. Like I remember when we talked about The Last of Us it is insane the way that you hear like bottles rolling from like left to right in like such realistic detail, but it's a, it's a different kind of art direction that they take for, uh, for Zelda. And you see, like I was watching some videos the other day about like the musicality of like all of the sound effects in the game, even just like picking up stuff. It is, it's so like inspiring to see, And you and I were talking about this, but I was reading, it's like, yeah, you know, you have people at the studio who have been working on Zelda their entire lives, who have been there essentially like since the first few games. And you don't see that almost anywhere in, in almost any industry at this point but it much less the games industry that you know works people so hard which is not to say let like let's let's come out real quick here yeah. nintendo has its issues Nin, i yeah. love nintendo and i love the stuff they make but also like let let my man bowser go okay <laughs> 30% <laughs> of his check for the rest of his life is not fair stop coming after people like like point crow who are just like fans of your stuff and i, I don't know if you heard about that but I think so. They like took his videos down or something. Well, yeah, they basically uh translate into Go away, Siri. Uh basically on YouTube, sorry for the tangent, everyone, but on YouTube, um, especially when you're a partner and you're generating, you know, full income, you can be issued what are called copyright strikes, which are very serious. And when you hit three, essentially, like, that's it. You can't run ads on your like basically it's oh it's game over, right? Um, and Nintendo issued those on his videos and issued two of them all because he managed to make a mod that allowed people to play breath of the wild together and streamed it and made videos about it. They are very fiercely protective of their IP in ways that are, uh, frankly pretty fucked up. And also, you know, now they're coming after Steam for emulation, like they have their problems. But in terms, and also contractors, whatever, any corporation is going to have a million different things uh, that they do, and you can dig into Nintendo just like anyone else. But in terms of like retaining people and re- retaining this craftsmanship and this kind of like communal knowledge for like creating art, you don't see that anymore, right? Like you you don't see that in movie studios, you don't see that in video game studios, and like this is, um, this shows the the value that that can have a lot of the time. Um. Yeah, particularly studios. Yeah, studios in um
1: Japan. I mean, yeah. I I love them because they put so much care into their stuff, which is why I tend to favor like Japanese RPGs a lot more. But then the other end of that sword is like, uh but they're kind of stuck in the last century in terms of certain policies they have towards like protecting their stuff. And yeah. a lot, some of it's warranted, and a lot of it is not. So you know, yeah. it's it's tough, but. Um, they 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 kind of need a, need to catch up with society a little bit, uh, while also still uh, putting a lot of heart into uh, the stuff that they make. Because I love I love the games that come out of um, Japanese studios like Nintendo or Square Enix. But yeah, you know, don't be shitty.
0: Yeah, definitely. A <laughs> uh, uh, hundred uh, agreed on on all fronts. But yeah, it's uh, uh I the the performance is incredible and. I, it's, it's, a, it's mind blowing to me what you can do, uh, on the switch and God, if they like cared to advance it just a little bit more, imagine how this game would have looked on like something even slightly more powerful or the stuff they could do because like, not to go back to it, but I feel like if any other game came out with the abilities that this game gives you that really feels like you can just do anything at this point, the game would be a glitchy mess. Or it would be like such small scale that it wouldn't be worth it. They're what do you think the scale.
1: PlayStation one's gonna be like? Did you see that?
0: The oh, the handheld?
1: It's like a the controller like yeah, splits the and there's Project the middle Q. screen. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll be totally real with you. Oh man, you guys are getting so many, mini reviews today. Uh, I'll be totally real with you. I think project Q sucks and is a half-assed effort at, uh, at making sure that the investors see that. Oh yeah. Don't worry. Sony hasn't forgotten like handhelds. (laughs) Uh, because now you have stuff like the steam deck and, uh, the ROG ally and the switch and all of that, like gaining so much steam. Uh, plus it's not even a switch it's more like a wii u
1: right like no it's
0: not even it's not even a wii u because a wii u was at least a full console that added functionality right. all it really is is a street a screen that you can stream to you can only stream if you already have a ps5 and you're right. on the same network as your ps5 so oh. at most it's just a screen that you can take to your bed if you could at least i understand maybe making people pay for the ps5 but if it was like oh, it has a cloud streaming service or, like, it can stream your PS5 from your Wi-Fi to, like, when you're in a hotel. Yeah. And it would seem more valuable. That would be
1: worth it's... it, but...
0: Yeah. But as it stands, from my understanding of it, it's a Logitech G cloud, which was made for just streaming games, right? Like uh, like Game Pass games and, yeah. and through NVIDIA streaming, but without the convenience of being able to stream anywhere. So, really, uh, what is it? Boo. And coming from the company that made the PSPs, which were awesome, like... Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I think handhelds are really cool and you can do a lot on them and you could you could make your own little like Switch type device since most of the PS5 exclusives are running on the PS4s anyway, have it run at PS4 settings on low in 720p and I bet you you could get God of War running on a handheld and it would sell like hotcakes, but they don't care. And that's fine. That's fine. Not everyone has to do it. Anyways, uh back to Breath of the Wild <laughs> or uh, Tears of the Kingdom. There you go. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh next i want to talk to and keeping it spoiler free i want to talk a little bit about the narrative because i will say that like zelda games do sometimes have like strong themes and like really cool moments in them but they're not necessarily full narratives and that's why like i i am sometimes surprised that i love them as much as i do because this is so much of a sandbox type game Mm. and i am such a narrative driven gamer like uh, when we were talking about you, you mentioned it earlier, like games that want to be movies and all of that. Like to me, uh, feeling emotion and like living a story is the fun. And I will sometimes take uh, less, uh, not bad gameplay, but like less engaging, less active gameplay. If it means I'm experiencing like a strong narrative, because that to me is is still fun and especially if i get to make choices like something like the walking dead or whatever um but these are games where traditionally like especially in in these last two where it's such an open sandbox you're just having fun you're just let loose and it's like hey go do whatever you want to do um in the first game i felt like there was a narrative and there were some very like sweet moments like stuff with mifa i thought was very it was yeah. very cute um But overall, like, I can't say that the story gave me much of a feeling aside from, like, the very end of the game. Like, you know, it feels like the culmination of your achievement. But in terms of, like, emotional, like, character-driven stuff, I didn't feel like there was much there for me in, in Breath of the Wild. In Tears of the Kingdom, granted, I'm very early in so far, but... The memories, I think, are dope as hell to watch. I get so excited when I find one. I, I think I have two left right now, or one left. Um, I think they're very, very cool. And the opening of the game is so like maybe the I think the most cinematic that we've ever seen in like a Zelda game it's a great opening it, yeah yeah it just like oh man it gets you amped. to where I was like oh shit what is going on this game feels darker than like uh than a lot of Zelda stuff and even like when you go to visit places that you've all that you were in Breath of the Wild it's so cool because I feel like Breath of the Wild hey here's a central plot right like Ganon is here here's the blight and we got to deal with it and all of the towns were relatively functional. They were just like, oh, man, there are monsters and oh, that dang divine beast. But other than that, like we're fish people. And that's pretty cool in this game because it's kind of like, OK, we trust that you've already met them. Now it's introduced like interesting conundrums into each of these like towns where I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't want to spoil it, but I, I heard such a funny joke that I, I have to remember to tell you later, Nick. Okay. Um but, like it has it has something to do with the the gorons. But basically, <laughs> everyone is kind of doing like their their own thing, and they're all facing their own issues along with the much bigger calamity that the kingdom is facing. um and i'm I'm totally drawn in. like this is okay, very, very light spoiler warning. This is just literally the opening of the game, and I believe it's in the trailers. Um, but the game opens with them discovering this desiccated body under the castle and then it kind of comes back to life and it is the creepiest like i just i I wasn't expecting it it was it was delightful and i'm starting to piece together what i think is happening as far as the main story is going and i have a feeling it's not really going to be like the happiest ending i think it's going to be a happy ending but i i have a feeling the game is trying to set us up for some devastation i don't know this is pure speculation um but i'm I'm invested like it's not the main part of this game, not by a long shot, but when you get tidbits of it I'm very excited how's How's the narrative been hitting for you, especially you that you've like you've done more of the main quest at this point? Oh, yeah, the narrative is there in this game. It's
1: much better, I think the storytelling, and it's more accessible it's easier <laughs> yeah. for people to find too, so that's nice um the rewarding to find I mean all the the cutscenes that you get by finding the tears are um great and it's interesting and you're you you get to piece together the story um and i like that piece piecing it together rather than a plot dump on top of you you know yeah that that makes it more fun what my my only gripe i guess that i did prefer in breath of the wild was a lot of the characters that you meet and interact with i preferred in that game i think the champions were a better set of characters than um some of the the ones that you meet here Some characters feel a little thrown away too. Um, I just connected to the champions more like Mifa, I thought that that story with her was fantastic and Rivali and all them. Um, But the overall plot and story of this game is 10 times better um, and more interesting, like what you're actually setting off to do and the, the reasons you're doing it. That's better in this game. It's just some characters along the way. You're like, eh, whatever. Um, but maybe that'll pay off in the end and and I'll I'll come around to that that way of thinking. Um yeah. But yeah, that opening was was fantastic. There's been um some sad moments too in in some of those other cutscenes that you could find that that are there's a couple of tear jerkers there and um I'm definitely excited to see how it ends cuz I, I just haven't gotten there yet. I don't even think I have a theory of the, how it's going to end. I'm just so interested. Yeah. I like I want to know, you know. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: I like that the game encourages you to revisit characters. Uh, yeah. Like, in the first game, I felt like it was... Uh, assuming that you could accomplish everything. It was a little bit of a, like, check in with someone, get all the quests, go do them, you're done. In this game, like, they're like, hey, make sure you come back. Because in a little while, like, I- I'm going to go do this thing. And and I might have some more information for you later. Uh, and that's really cool. And, like, uh, there's even a little bit more of like a hub aspect here. Again, this is not really much of a spoiler, but like I went to like the very first town that you're supposed to go to and then I kind of skadooted. And so I didn't have a lot of stuff. I was talking to Nick. I was like, I don't know where to do this or where to do this. And he's like, it's in the first village. And I was like, what? <laughs> but I, But I did the first village. And it was like, oh, I needed to come back after I did this thing. And when I came back, I unlocked two more quests that unlocked these like huge like chain of events that eventually unlocked a final ability that you like have to go searching for at some point. Uh no spoilers there, but yeah, and I and then I came back to the the town again and I got like another quest for something else. And so it feels like there's a little bit more of that hub aspect and the characters do want you to like come back and check in which makes the world feel uh, uh a little bit more alive.
1: I know how to get the last ability now. Uh-huh. I, I know uh-huh. what to do. <laughs> I've got it. It clicked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, very, very fun. I also love seeing again, without spoilers, the way that some stuff comes back from the first game in particular, there are some people that you do a pretty bad thing to in the first game. It's warranted, but it's a bad thing. And then you get to see some of the repercussions of that in this game in a really funny, fun way that uh, I I very much enjoyed. Um, and also the narrative has a little bit of a, uh, well, Nick, you weren't here for this episode. Did you ever watch Kaleidoscope on Netflix? No, I did not. Okay. It's actually very good. Uh, I would highly recommend, especially if you like Giancarlo Esposito, who, do. who doesn't. Um, but very, oh my God. And I always forget her name, but the, the actress who plays. Anyways, a uh, uh, very cool show, but the whole gimmick of it, which we did an episode on, if, in case the listeners haven't checked it out. Um, the whole premise of it is that it's a show that you can watch in any order, basically, aside from the first episode and the last episode. Um, and so I feel like this game kind of has a little bit of that going on for it because of the way that you discover the tiers. So, like, I saw, like, I think the first tier first, and then I jumped immediately to, like, the second to last tier. And so, like, so much was spoiled for me. As far as the story but then seeing like the little how the gaps fill in has been very cool and like kind of satisfying and i'm excited to once i find the last two to like go back and re-watch them all in order uh because yeah. it's it's very cool you uh, mentioned it's a
1: darker story too which i completely agree with the first one was dark to begin with so yeah the fact that this is even darker is um you know another evolution but um even some of the things that are revealed in those uh memories and then it kind of plays out in the world in some ways and you start to figure things out more like through gameplay and it kind of gives me the shiver sometimes i'm like oh wait that's kind of creepy you know um i i won't reveal like too specifically what that is but it it yeah it gave me goosebumps sometimes
0: (laughs) yes it's very cool um and it has it has me theorizing in ways that Breath of the Wild <laughs> did not. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, and it's like, because Breath of the Wild was, like, dark in a general sense, like an overarching, like, gloom. Yeah. This is dark and, like, specific, like, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Breath of the Wild ha- had a couple of moments, especially with, like, the champions. But this one, I feel like, has a lot more of, like, oh, man, that's fucked up moments, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, also, we have. Uh, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Matt Mercer voices the main villain. Oh, my God. I should have known that. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's God, uh, I fun hate to know. No, <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah, it's, uh,
1: it's, I know it's th- cool. The guy that voices Raru, he was, um, I think he was Dimitri in Fire Emblem. I don't know if you play the Fire Emblem games.
0: Oh, I have not. I have not. But
1: he's a main character in the newest
0: one. Very cool. Yeah. Um. I also appreciate. Is it just me, or it feels like there's a lot more voice acting in this game? There's still a lot of just yeah. reading text, but I feel like, especially the important characters, especially like there are times where you get to spe- spend extended amounts of time with them, which I really enjoyed, partic- at least for the one that I've gotten to meet. Um. And yeah like they all their lines are voiced it's it's uh it's very rarely just text for the very important characters which you did you did the temple in rito village right yes Yes. see that's
1: part of my complaint with some of the characters though the one that you meet there is cool like i i like him but yeah i that was the biggest example of like wait but you're kind of throwing away what was established in the last game and i didn't quite enjoy that I see what you mean. They make up for it at the other temples, but at that one, I was like a little peeved. I,
0: yeah, yeah, I can, I I can understand that, but yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what else. I feel like we've talked mechanics. We've talked performance. We've talked narrative. We even talked sound a little bit, but like music in this game, it's always great. Fantastic! I love love Zelda music. Sound design is awesome. You could get pony points, so I care about the horsies now. Yes, yes, they've made a <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of like the little side things that like there wasn't really much reason to do in Breath of the Wild. Now they've there's given a them just enough of a purpose to be like, I'll drop in once and do that, yeah. and that's great. I I really appreciate that. Um, and the map is so cool. the The design is is so cool. I I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. I just think that.
1: Well, as of right now, I want to say Tears of the Kingdom is my game of the year, Um, and if you've been listening closely, you know I love Resident Evil, and I think this is going to jump Resident Evil 4 remake for me for this year, just barely. We'll see by the end of the year, Um, because that's a perfect game too, and I, I, I dare say this, I think this is also a perfect game, like Tears of the Kingdom, I would give it a 10 out of 10. Um that's not to spoil my vote for the end of the episode. Yeah. But, <laughs> whoops. So in the case of uh, 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 the Legend of Zelda, Tears of
0: the Kingdom, how do you vote? Buy
1: it, buy it. Uh, <laughs> buy it right now. Speaking of buying it, it's
0: $70. It's very expensive. Yes, yes. We haven't talked <laughs> about the price. Uh um, well, I'll let you finish your thoughts on I guess your your vote and my, my end I, is like
1: it's it's a yeah. it's a fantastic game. I love it more than Breath of the Wild, which is a crazy statement. If you told me that in 2017, I'd be like, What? Um and it's it's probably going to stay up there. Top three games of this year and um, top like probably 15 games of all time for me. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. I'll definitely play it again in the future. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I guess from my point of view, a- absolutely. This is um not, not only do I love this game, this game comes in and takes breath of the wild out of my top three and replaces it. Um, And breath of the wild is banished to the depths below. Um, but, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. I am stuck into the game in ways that I have not been. Um, in case you couldn't tell by my slightly nasally voice, uh, I have been deathly sick for like the last week and we unfortunately were not able to work because I'm a Me voice too. actor. So my nose is talk, still not working. you can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a, it was a great excuse to like the first few days I was so sick and like, I couldn't even look at the screen. But then as soon as I felt well enough, I was like, cool, I'm going to just play this game the entire day. Um, And it's kind of hard for games to do that for me. Even games I really love, like I'll play for a couple hours like in bursts and then my brain is kind of like i need to do something else yeah uh, i've been like, like god like i wish it. i was playing you right now <laughs> throughout yeah the day. yeah yeah i <laughs> i kind of wanted to play it while we talked like we've done in some of the other reviews <laughs> yeah. but it takes too much brain power i would not have been effective uh in- <laughs> but um yeah i'm i'm so hooked in a way that like i think the last game that was able to do this for me was ragnarok And before Ragnarok, I mean, God, honestly, I I don't even remember. I feel like I haven't played all that many games in the last since like 2022. Um, And Ragnarok was the last like great game. Uh, And this one is really great in like other ways. Like it's it's probably not going to get that emotional reaction out of me. But fun factor like, wow, this game is is something else. It is. I know it's like a meme because like when you look at uh, the like 10 out of 10s that a lot of like magazines give, it's always all Zelda games. But like this game really is a masterpiece. Um, And I think that it is fully worth the $70. The $70 debate thing, like you can look at it in so many different ways. Like there's inflation, there's the increased cost of production and like the larger team sizes and the fact that like, games used to cost $70 back when $70 was actually $250, right? Um, so like the the price of games hasn't kept up, right? But if each game is $200, like, I, I don't think that's sustainable, especially not with like, the size of the market that we have nowadays. Anyways, that is a, that is a whole separate conversation. But the point is that for this game in particular, everything else aside, economy aside, anything else aside, I think it's earned the extra $10 on it. Uh, and, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to say this because I don't want to give corporations any ideas, but I was about to make a bold statement. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh. no, no, no.
1: <laughs>
0: Banish it from your mind.
1: But I uh. do feel like uh, unless you're making a freaking tears of the kingdom, don't set your game at $70. I do think this That's is fair. worth every penny. But yeah. if you're going to make crap, then like don't price your game at 70, you know, like yeah. don't waste our time and money.
0: Yeah, I, I think there is something to be said for, like, a lot of the games I've enjoyed lately, like the the newer games, especially on my, like, Steam Deck, which I've been playing a lot, um, are, like, the 20 to $40, or even, like, 5 to $40 range games, where it's like, cool, here's, like, a small team of three people working their asses off to make something beautiful. It doesn't have every single bell and whistle under the planet, but it's a focused experience. Much like tears of the kingdom it just they they're nintendo so they do have the team to make it an enormous experience that is also focused um so bring those back In, in support your indie creators please yeah um but all of that is to say, I love Tears of the Kingdom. It is definitely my game of the year. I don't think I've played any other new games this calendar year yet. <laughs> but it's he's going to play Final insane. Fantasy sixteen, everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> he's going to do it. That's going to yeah, be well, his
1: summer game.
0: <laughs> um, go to patreon.com slash should I buy, and if I get enough comments on uh, on a post, I'll, I'll do it. Yes. Um, I'm going to make 10 but- fake accounts. <laughs> but yeah i i freaking i freaking loved it and i still love it i'm excited to keep playing i'm curious to see if they do any dlc unless it like botches the ending i don't see how this is anything less than a 10 out of 10 yeah um killer 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 game you should buy it though so in the case of legend of zelda tears of the kingdom you should buy it though though yeah though it makes me i I wanted to play it anyways but um like especially seeing the the story in this game i want to pick up the skyward sword remaster because i never got to play that one yeah um i want to play like the older 2d games i want to play like um
1: link to the past
0: it's fun it's fun it's a little uh it does suffer from some of that obtuse nature where i'm like oh I yeah look up, uh, some of this but it's a it's a very cool game and i love that like that 16-bit art style that nintendo had in that era mm-hmm. is some of my favorite i love the color palettes i i just i love the the design it's, it's sure. one of my favorites um but yeah i i love zelda oh have you ever played, sorry, now now that we're done, <laughs> have you ever played um Crypt of the Necrodancer, but um the Hyrule version? Oh no, I want to though. I hear that's Get cool. Get it? I got so wildly hooked on that game. Yeah. It is so much fun. And it like it takes the music, which is one of the best things, and makes it this like funky remix, makes it a huge part of the gameplay. It is so, so much fun. Talking about like supporting indie developers, I cannot recommend Cadence of Hyrule. That's Cadence what it's of
1: Hyrule. That's Cadence cool. of
0: Hyrule. Everybody go buy it. It is a wonderful like masterpiece of a game, and perfect like uh place for like Nintendo to entrust their IP to. They they handled it with care and it was really cool. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that covers tears of the kingdom. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to do our, our speed reviews here just because I don't think we're going to do full episodes on them because uh, some of the team is still catching up, but uh, Barry season four just ended, which is uh, the official like series rap. Nick, your no spoiler review of Barry. I love Barry. <laughs> um, Barry loves me.
1: Uh, <laughs> it, hey, I, it, it's a comedy And a drama, it starts mostly as a comedy, ends mostly as a drama. It does both to perfection, I think. Yeah. The acting is phenomenal. You got Bill Hader, you got Henry Winkler um, amongst others, and they're all fantastic in their roles. And the ending was awesome. I think if you like shows, this is a bold claim, like Breaking Bad, you might enjoy Hmm. this one. Uh, That one wasn't a comedy. This one is definitely more of that. But, you know, it's got similarities and it just wrapped up this past weekend and I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. It's only four seasons, so you could probably knock it out relatively quick, yeah, quickly. I would go check it out. And that's my speed review.
0: Yeah. I, I love Barry. I got hooked on it. Uh, I think right when season two was premiering, I think season one and two are still like, like clearly my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very cool, very smart show, a uh, wonderful cast and wonderful, like, just writing and, and directing as well. This was, like, Bill Hader's little, like, uh, a star machine, like, post-SNL, where he's like, cool, let me, like, really flex uh, some of my directorial muscles. And um, I, I think it's it's really wonderful. It is weird in ways that, like, I feel like it's, like, theater kid weird, but in delightful <laughs> ways. Um I f- especially I'm surprised at how much I like the ending because season four got a little iffy for me because it started to stretch into like, where is this going territory? Uh, but I think it's, it stuck the landing. If for those of you, I, I don't, I don't know how often i said this on the show. TV is like my favorite medium period. Wow. Like I, uh, uh, I've never seen a movie that like touches what like wonderful TV can do. TV is what made me become an actor. Wow. Uh, Yeah, Lost is is what did it for me. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Cool. I'm also supremely picky with my TV. Um, I feel like I've gotten a little easier in recent years, but like... (laughs) I would watch really great TV shows and then could not watch anything if I didn't think it was like excellent because like my heart was like, I know what it can be. Why am I watching this? (laughs) Um, But Barry's very cool. And I feel like if like Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad are like gold standard, which I think they are, sue me. uh, I, I think it's a it's a fairly apt comparison, very different shows, but like share similar like craftsmanship sensibilities um, then I think Barry's like a nice, like silver, silver plus, uh, it pulls off some really, really cool stuff. And, and I really, I, I really liked it and everyone in the proud in, in the cast should be proud. And I know, uh, Nick, you got to get off this call to go finish the, the Ted Lasso finale. All the yes. good TV is ending. I'm so sad. And succession just ended too, which you just started. So yeah, yeah, I just started it. Uh, well, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get the Nick Palazzo one minute review on that one too. But, uh, the Giancarlo Herrera, one minute, uh, Ted Lasso review. Um a lot of fun. It sets out to do a lot of stuff much like season 4 of Barry season 3 had some like really iffy moments where I was like, "Ooh, like what are they trying to accomplish here? Are they speeding things along too fast?" Uh I feel like I had that thought at one point in season 2 as well, but trust in in Jason Sudeikis and and all of that team, uh it it comes together really nicely and I feel like the aim of that show is mostly to uh, be uplifting while uh, making you feel some things and making you think on some things and I think the finale wraps it up nicely uh, Jason Sudeikis if you're listening to this we know you're an avid fan of the show um, I know people are begging you to do season four don't do it leave it at season three um, you, you did a great job, and there's there's no reason to uh, to soil that. Even though people want it, it's okay. You can leave them wanting more. All right. Nick Palazzo's one-minute review of Succession, and then we're out of here. <laughs>
1: when I started Succession, I really, really liked it. I was intrigued. When I finished Succession this past Sunday at the last episode of season four, it became my in my top two shows of all time. It's Succession wow. and Breaking Bad. And I started off just really liking it. I didn't even want to use the word love. Yeah. But now it is top two television shows, wow. and I kind of want to rewatch it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Jesse Armstrong is one of the best writers in the industry right now. And a lot of those actors, Jeremy Strong, Kieran Culkin, Sarah Snook, Matthew McFadden, um, are they They kind of surpassed acting with this show? Not to sound pretentious or anything, but <laughs> I, I saw like char- their characters, I saw people to the point where if they were to play another role in the near future, it would be very hard for me to like disconnect themselves from yeah, who yeah. they played in this show. It is wow. phenomenal TV. Everyone go watch it. The end.
0: Incredible. Have you seen better call soul? Y- yes yes I love better oh console. okay okay, okay. I-, I just wanted to make sure okay um great one minute review so, better consult no, no I'm kidding uh, better <laughs> console, uh, uh, it, uh, is something good. slightly better than breaking bad does not reach the same uh, epic scale but they're both equally great for different reasons and I love it and it like challenged uh, how I think of storytelling <laughs> and is actually a huge inspiration for season three of Dungeons and Drimbus aka your honor uh, uh, which yeah it's cool go check it out Dungeons and Drimbus it's our other podcast we play D&D Nick Palazzo plays a a a skeleton boy based on an ace attorney it's great that's me (laughs) um subscribe to our patreon yeah, please subscribe to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash should I buy if you want to help us do more stuff like this. If you want to see us do reviews on maybe some of these TV shows in their in their full glory, I know we have uh, like Michael Pisani and Amanda who uh, have watched some of these shows to their completion or are about to. So we might be able to get some more people on board for that. Uh, tweet at us at should I buy pod or comment on our Patreon, you know, whatever you want. Um, but let us know and we can, we can bring some, some more reviews to you all if if you're hungry for it. Um, but Nick, thank you so much for, for hanging with me today. Thank you for talking about Zelda. This was a a total joy. I love, I love getting to talk about great stuff on this show. It is. It's, it's, it's uplifting to me. Um, so yeah, everyone go, go play tears of the kingdom. It's so worth it. If you haven't played breath of the wild, go play that too. Um, I, I think you will like it just as much. Just don't do it backwards because it might be a little hard to do it. Um, (laughs) Hannah's playing it right now and it's, it's so fun to see like that, you know, that like awakening of the game brain in ways that like the games that they've played so far haven't like challenged that part of the brain. Um, and I'm, I can't wait for them to get into tears of the kingdom afterwards. Mm So yeah. Uh, great. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I hope you are enjoying the game if you're playing it or the TV shows, if you're watching them. And we'll talk at you real soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.